Coming up on The Potter's Touch. If it were not enough that I didn't have to survive all of the external conflict, Paul now introduces that the war he hates the most is not the war around him, it is the war within him. God said, I'm gonna bring you through crying. I'm gonna pull you out while you doubt. I'm gonna pull you out while you don't have no strength. I'm gonna pull you out while you can't hardly put one foot in front of the other so that you will know that if it had not been for the Lord that was on your side, somebody in here knows what I'm talking about. Pastor Cora Jakes Coleman, I want to welcome you again to the Potter's Touch. Thank you so much for watching. We are happy to have you. You know what? Sometimes things just need to be exposed. Sometimes the only way for us to elevate in life is through the exposure of the word of God. Sometimes the very things that we're trying to conceal are the very things that need to be revealed. So this message that my father has for us today is going to be exposing something that needs to be exposed more often. Would you follow me? Let's go watch Gospel Exposed. Conviction leads to conversion. You cannot convert someone who's not convicted. And convicted is something so personal that you can't make them be convicted. So you can't make them be converted. The drug addict will not give off drugs because of your conviction. They have to have a personal conviction in order to have a sincere conversion. And I want you to understand this whole, this whole notion of conversion. Uh, if, if you, if you, if you, if you go back to doing something that you used to do, you revert. I reverted to my old ways. It means I revisited who I used to be. So you revert. If I'm walking along and all of a sudden I got a detour, I divert. That's a diversion. It, it die two, two ways. Die two ways. I was going this way, but that diverted me. Almost like a distraction. It's a diversion. When I, when I, take something like this speaker and I get up here and I, and I lay on it, I pervert it. The reason I pervert it is not that I can't lay on it, is that it was not built. Anytime you use something for something that it was not designed to do, You pervert it, now it will work. But it was not designed for that. That's perverted. 
So whether you revert, divert, or pervert, it's all about change, it's about movement, it's about, it's about direction. So when you convert, I was going this way. It was going this way. And then I heard somebody call me and I turned around and start going in the opposite direction. That's conversion, conversion. Conversion, conversion, conversion creates conflict. Conversion creates conflict because we build our world around who we were. And conversion comes, but the world around you hasn't changed to fit the conversion. So all of your buddies and all of your support and all of your friends and all the stuff you got in the house and all the magazines you got and everything that was built around who you were now does not agree with who you have become. So even though you have converted, if you're not willing to convert your environment, you're going to be in constant conflict. If it were not enough that I didn't have to survive all of the external conflict, Paul now introduces that the war he hates the most is not the war around him, it is the war within him. Because after all, if I don't like you, I can get away from you. I can leave, or tear you off, or shut you down, or at least say, talk to the hand. But what I do, what do I do when the enemy is in me? And when I would do good, evil is present with me. Now me being converted has put me in conflict with myself. So depending on when you catch me, Where are my real people at? Holla at you, boy. I have a problem with the old folk songs that they used to say, I've been saved all day and I'm glad. I want to change my, I've been saved an hour and I'm glad. Take it an hour, let's celebrate the little stuff. You've been saved all day. Just another day that the Lord has kept me. He has kept me from all evil with my mind stayed on thee. I hated that song. I hated that song because I didn't have too many days that for 24 hours I didn't think about nothing but Jesus. I love how when I expose myself, y'all get quiet. Like y'all the tribunal holiness church of God in Christ, thank God. And they just looked at me like, oh, Bishop. 24 hours? You ain't, you ain't thought no evil? Ain't nobody got on your nerves in 24 hours where you had to put your hand over your mouth and say, Thank you, Jesus. 
<laughs> Thank you. Glory to God. Paul now says that I am walking around in conflict because my nature, it is my nature to serve the law of sin. Now, if my nature is to serve the law of sin, and he says in the text, my mind is to serve the law of God. If the enemy attacks my mind, I got nothing left to help me serve the Lord because my nature is already boycotting this decision anyway. My nature talking about you getting old. If you're going to do something, you better do it right now. You ain't got long. Your clock is ticking. Women ain't the only one got a clock, baby. <laughs> Everybody looking at the watch nowadays. Yeah. My nature is saying, if you don't straighten him out, he going to think you a whiz. You need to run up on him. I'm a grown man, dog. That's what my nature is saying. And it's with the mind that I serve the Lord. And my conversion has put me in conflict. This is the guy who wrote the book. You just read it. So I don't know why you are acting like that the reader is better than the writer. That's why church people get on my nerves. Because if the guy who wrote the book is in a fight, you know the guy who read the book. Come on, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. We're going to be real today. You can be phony when you get to Papa those, but right now we're going to be real. We're going to be real for the Lord up in here, okay? Come on, somebody. So, what he doesn't do, what he does do in the seventh chapter, he shows me that I have to deal with conviction and that I have a conversion that creates a conflict. But in the eighth chapter, he says the conviction comes to convert me, but not to condemn me. Can I take, give me a little bit of time. Give me a little bit of time. See, you won't really get this text if you don't put it, the text in context to the time. In Paul's day, when a man committed murder, one of the ways that they would judge him is that they would take the body of the dead man and tie it to the body of the living man. So, they didn't always put you in prison. They made you face what you kill. And they would tie the corpse on the body of the man who lived. So that over a period of time, what you killed would corrupt who you are. And, and the deteriorating mucus and flesh would crawl into the pores 
of the skin of the man who did it until the death that was on the one would infiltrate the other. So when Paul says, oh wretched man that I am, who should deliver me from the body of this death? The Romans knew exactly what he meant because when you had done wrong and you were convicted, the condemnation was to carry the corpse until the death in the corpse got on the man who did the action. And Paul said, I feel like I'm carrying around a dead body and it's got me in conflict and I tried to get it off me, but I cannot get it off myself. I turned to my friends, but my friends couldn't get it off me. I turned to my family and my family couldn't get it off me. So Paul doesn't say I gotta do the best I can or I was born this way or I gotta be this way or I can't change my life. He says, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And then he said, oh, I thank God because Jesus took it off me. He got it off me. He got it off me. He took it off. He took it off my back. To God be the glory. Dedication is what the Wright brothers had when they finally got their idea off the ground and into the air. They were not the first ones to do it. They were not the first ones with the concept. They were not the first ones with the idea. They learned from all that had gone before them. But the difference between all that had gone before them and failed is that they kept getting up and kept going after that. They kept on until they won. And it is their dedication that built the plan. You'll find that you are much broader, that you're much deeper. Um, that you have more going for you than you think. It's a wonderful opportunity to be able to speak to like-minded leaders who are all attempting to do the right thing and do and do it well. So we can go to our congregation and be full so that we can give them more. Make plans to take your leadership to the next level by registering at pastorsandleaders.org. We can't wait to see what God has in store for you in 2018. If you got voices in your head bringing up your past or your present to condemn you, that's Satan. Satan is an accuser of the brethren. The Holy Spirit never condemns you. It will convict you, but it will not condemn you. When, it, when a voice tells you, you ain't gonna never be nothing. Ain't nobody gonna ever love you. You ain't gonna ever get out of this rut. You'll never be any good. That's always the devil. Because the Holy Spirit is saying, if you change your ways, I'll change the blessing. Now I'm gonna back this up with more word because you shouldn't teach nothing you can't prove. So go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. When you have say amen. For Paul again says in Corinth, for we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, 
that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. I got to stop there with that. I love that scripture. I'm not even sure it got anything to do with what I'm teaching today. I just love the scripture. <laughs> At first I told him not to put it in there, but I said put it in there because I just love the scripture. This is why I love the scripture. Because Apostle Paul says he was depressed. That's so good. The guy who wrote the Bible says, in Asia we ran into trouble and got so bad that we were pressed above measure and beyond strength. He said, to the point that we despaired of life itself. Oh, that's good. Because the truth be told, if you live long enough, you're gonna go through something at some time that is above measure and beyond strength so much that you despair of life itself. But if you hold on, ow! Woo! Good God of mercy. I don't know who that was for, but I felt that go out. I felt the life go out of me. I felt the virtue go out of me. I felt the spirit move on somebody. Just because you're depressed don't mean you're not saved. Just because you feel like giving up don't mean you're not a Christian. If the writer said, I despaired of life itself, I wanted to get out of here. He said, I was pressed above measure. I went through something that was beyond strength. I despaired of life itself. It was what happened was in Asia, but it affected me so bad. I wanted to die. I want to talk to the people who went through something. You know what I'm talking about? Where you just You just wanted to die. You was going to work and people didn't even know. You just wanted to die. Making coffee, have some more coffee. Want some more eggs and bacon, want some. I want to die. How you doing? Fine. And you wonder, can anybody see behind the disguise? the writer of the biggest part of the New Testament said I, I went through something that was beyond strength and above measure and I wanted to die. He says but we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves. <laughs> See, at first you get where you don't trust other people. But if you keep living, you get where you don't trust yourself. 
He said we had the sentence of death working in us because God wanted to show us that you can't trust you. So I'm going to do it through you while you depress. So that you will know that you didn't get it because you were strong. You didn't get it because you were faithful. You didn't get it because you had no doubt. God said, I'm going to bring you through crying. I'm going to pull you out while you're doubting. I'm going to pull you out while you don't have no strength. I'm going to pull you out while you can't hardly put one foot in front of the other so that you will know that if it had not been for the Lord that was on your side, somebody in here knows what I'm talking about. Somebody up in that balcony knows what I'm talking about. Somebody over there knows what I'm talking about. Watch this, watch this. But we had the sense of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raises the dead. This is one of the few times that when Paul talks about God raising the dead, I don't think he's really talking about graveyard dead. He's talking about dead hearts. Dead dreams. He's talking about dead fight back. Have you ever had something to kill your fight back? I got good news for you. God raises the dead. God brought you here this Sunday morning to tell you I'm going to raise that dead thing up in your life. Now all of that was on the way to this scripture right here. (laughs) Then he explains how God raises the dead. He said, who delivered us from so great a death? That's one thing. Who delivered us from so great a death? That's the penalty of death. And doth deliver. That's the practice. See, I'm, I'm still being delivered. How many folks still being delivered? I'm still being. He hath delivered. He doth deliver. And in whom we trust, he will yet deliver. He has delivered. He is delivering. He shall deliver. He has delivered. He is delivering. He shall deliver. He has delivered. He is delivering. He shall deliver. He has delivered. He is delivering. He shall deliver. In fact, when I look back on what he has delivered, I face what I am being delivered from and say the same God that delivered me then is delivering me now and I tell tomorrow look out we're coming and I'm bringing my deliverer with me he has delivered he is delivering he shall deliver he has delivered he is delivering he shall deliver he has delivered He is delivering. He shall deliver it. 
He has delivered. He is delivering. He shall deliver. He has delivered. He is delivering. He shall deliver. Again, he what? What? Say it again. Say it again. Uh huh. Say it again. Uh huh. Uh huh. Let your trouble hear you say it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Let your troubles hear you. Uh huh. Uh huh. Let your trouble hear you. Uh huh. That's why I told you do not worry. Do not worry. Do. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Give him a praise. If we were going to expose anything, I am so glad that he decided to expose the gospel. Sometimes that's what we need. The messages in the gospel, the messages that help us to transcend. And that is what we got today. So no matter what you are going through, I bet if you begin to expose more of the gospel in your life, you would get out of the situations that you are in and you would move in great strength and great power. So that is my challenge for you today, for you to expose the gospel in your life, for you to expose God in your life and to be more vigilant in how you do so. But until then, I'm loving you. So go do the same and you already know. Have a wonderful day. See you next time. Do not worry. There's a battle going on in your mind. The enemy doesn't have to poison you. If he can get you to think the right stuff, you will think yourself to death. Worrying is to rehearse the problem without solution. But you have the ultimate solution and the one who will fight your battles when all hope seems lost. Wherever you run out, that's where he runs in. For your gift to the ministry of any size, you will receive this life-changing four-message series on CD. If you open up and say, I'm out of it, I don't know what to do, I can't fix it, I can't bring it together, I can't handle it, he'll run in and fill up that gap. However, when your gift is $100 or more, you will receive the Do Not Worry series on CD, along with a Do Not Worry journal and mug as our thank you. Because when you say do not worry, you can get a clear word from God. Have you ever thought that God may have answered your prayer and you don't recognize it because you've been praying and your vision says harvest and your God says seed. Your vision says airplane and your God says bicycle shop. Take the shop and build the plane. Hebrews 6.10, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We didn't have water. We didn't have lights. I live in a senior's apartment complex. I'm homeless now. We're underwater for three days straight. Right. 
my wife and I and my daughter, we cry. We all have to just pray for each other and take one day at a time. And we just like say, thank TDJ. Thank you to all of our GPS partners. With your help, Vegacare was able to provide disaster relief for those in need with volunteers, food, and supplies. I feel the love, and that's what I need right now. We're all family together right now. Feel free to reach out to us on social media and share your story of how God is impacting your life. We look forward to seeing you next time on The Potter's Touch.